Welcome to Next CLT. Next CLT is a business development initiative that focuses on strengthening companies owned by black indigenous people of color in Charlotte. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Eric Lewis with Next CLT, and today I have the pleasure of talking to and having a conversation with Pilar Long. She's the owner of MPG Consulting Services, LLC. She's a dynamic and innovative leader and owner, and I just want to have a great conversation with her around her business and then some cultural conversations since she's a woman from Colombia who has made her living starting a business in the United States. Pilar, tell me a little bit about your business and a little bit about you and welcome. Uh, thank you so much for having me here, Eric. I really appreciate it. And thank you for your words. Um, my name is Pilar Long, and I am the president of MPG Consulting Services. We develop SCADA system controls, and not a whole lot of people know what that means, but pretty much is a system that monitors a process such as your water going from the river to to your home. So my company specializes in developing interfaces that operators can use in order to monitor a process such as that. I founded MPG in 2005, so, and I've been uh, very fortunate to have um, a great client and um, that uh, uh, we have been able to help with their system. 2005, so you've been in business for over 18 years. Tell me, what do you wish everybody understood about your role as CEO of your company? You know, Eric, that has changed through the years. When I first started the company, I was looking for, and my, my children were young, so I thought that this would allow me to spend a little bit more time with them, have a little bit of flexibility. And, you know, be that parent that wanted to be there whenever they had some kind of um, presentation at school or something. So it, it was fantastic. And I also, I also, in the professional field, being able to serve my client and offer the, uh, the skill set that um, I had. But then that changed through the time, you know, as my children grew up and they're now in college, um, I realized that uh, it opens up a big uh, option of opportunity for the company to grow. And um, as, as a CEO, uh, it is my job to ensure that, you know, it, this growth happens. As a CEO, you have to wear so many hats. And, and and that's why I have joined many of the programs, especially the Next CLT. You mentioned Next CLT, and, you know, you said you've joined many of the programs. So you participated in Next CLT's Business Accelerator Initiative. What did you learn, and how have you applied what you've learned to your business? The program has been fantastic because it has giving me a way to create a roadmap for growth 
and a lot of instruction on things that a CEO needs to know, such as uh, human resources, you know, uh, how to choose your best employees or how to market your company better or, I mean, so many subjects or financials, uh, keeping your financials in, in place so that you you know what the direction of your company will be. So, yeah, it's been a, an amazing program. Pilar, you also were in your group and your cohort. You Your group was the first all-women cohort. Uh, tell me, what did that feel like being around other women entrepreneurs? What was that? What was the take on that? It was such a great feeling to be around women like me that own companies because even though they were different businesses, we related in the fact that having a company entails so many hats for a CEO or for 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 a president. So it was nice to have the different conversations on on growth and on what do you do with this or what do you do or how do you contact this or that. So it was really, really, it, it was just great to see how women work so hard and, and, and you know, having other women with the same type of um, activities as being a company owner. That that felt really good. And, and not only that, the program allowed me to network with them so and so we we still keeping in touch and and that's fantastic thanks for sharing that now Pala, you know you're from colombia and you know in our world we have a tendency to lump any spanish-speaking group into like one you know we say latin america particularly depending on the region you're from and so i'd like to ask you a few cultural questions and the first one is though being from colombia What's some of the most important holidays in Colombia? Obviously, just like in the United States, we celebrate Independence Day. But to me and for my family, I come from a very large family. Christmas was a a beautiful uh, holiday to celebrate because it meant to gather with your family and to play what we call Villancicos, which are like Christmas songs together and just just you would have the grandfather, the aunt, the uncle, the cousins, everybody. So it it just brings to me that that image of of of, of family, you know, of 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 uh, joyful family time, and singing together. Yeah, talking about singing, Pilar. I know you are accomplished singer. And you and your family. So it had to be a lot of fun with you and your family uh, singing. Tell me a little bit about how did you learn to sing? What was that like? Was it Christmas time that you started singing? What was your first memory of you singing something and people saying, wow, she she can sing? My mom um, always wanted to learn to play the guitar. So my sisters, I have five sisters, and uh, um, they send us to um, to an only girls school. So we at the school they taught us how to play the guitar, and they had um, a group called a tuna, and it's not tuna salad. It's a it's a traditional <laughs> group from Spain, where we're, we're using many many tunes, 
and uh, uh, um, we learned to play the guitar and sing together because it was five of us in voices. So, um, you know, it was the pride and joy of our parents whenever any friends came to our house, like, oh, come on, girls, like, play the guitar and sing around. And it was just a very beautiful time. We could, like, um, I remember many nights just gathering together with my parents and my parents' friends and some of our friends and singing together and having a good time. And so so that, those are, like, we started very, very young. I think I started playing the guitar at uh, age nine. And then it just became a tradition. And then many of us went to to sing in choirs, in different choirs in the university. And then I participated in the Charlotte Philharmonic Choir. Um, and I'm currently um, in the Choral Union with Queens College. Wow. So you've continued, <laughs> you've continued singing and continue to uh, bless us with your voice as you uh, have grown from eight years old and, and up. You said singing for, you know, your parents, friends when they come to visit. You know, I know there's some traditional foods in Colombia. What are some traditional foods you like to eat and then you, that you've passed on to your kids now as well? Okay, so some easy traditional, you know, empanadas, uh, arepas, which is like made out of white corn and it's got cheese inside and it's really delicious. Many, many other countries has it. I know that Venezuela also has that tradition to make them, although each country has its own variation. Um, uh, a, a great uh, plate from Colombia is like ajiaco, which is like a soup of di three different um, types of potato with chicken and sour cream is really delicious. It's, it's, it's hard to express, but my husband loves it. He always <laughs> says that <laughs> he always says that if he didn't meet me, he wouldn't have known, you know, all those delicious foods. Yeah. Good, good. Talk about your husband family. You and your family uh, had a trip to Colombia and, you know, with family members. How was that going back and just enjoying being at home? To me, sharing time with my family is, is a treasure. So it was my, my husband and my oldest kid had not been to Colombia in eight years. So it was really, really nice to reconnect and visit. You know, my I have uh, two brothers and a sister there. And, you know, they, they both, my, my youngest brother has a, a child and my oldest brother has uh, three kids. So it was very nice. Um, and, and another of my brother's kids are also there. So it was really nice recon to reconnect and to bring my kids and, and leave the, the Colombian culture and just visit some of the delicious restaurants. So that was really a treat. So you said the Colombian culture, and I prefaced this early on by saying that we lump a lot of people from the Americas into one, particularly if they're Spanish-speaking. And so I don't know if it's the correct word is Latinos, Latinx, or Hispanics, but in that space, and you, you can correct me, what challenges as an entrepreneur who comes from a different culture building an organization in the U.S., what challenges do you face or you and other people from 
that region or the Latinx community face? For me, like when I came to the United States, uh, many of my college friends are still in Colombia or, or in, in other places in the world. So coming to a place where you don't really know a whole lot of people, and one of the challenges is just meeting other people like you, you know, and in your pro pro profession that uh, that you have known for a long time. I think that that would be a challenge. Um, uh, you know, um, so, some other entrepreneurs might have different challenges, maybe with the language or, you know, the accent might, might be a challenge for some entrepreneurs. But um, um, thankfully, you know, like, First, when I first came to the States, you know, and I was still learning English, that was a challenge because before I finished the sentence, uh, you know, it, it would I would have to translate in my head every word. So by the, by the time I was finished with the sentence, everybody was gone. So that was a <laughs> challenge. So I had to, you know, I had to learn and I had to practice and practice and practice makes perfect. So... I think that now I'm thinking in the other language. They say that when you dream in the other language, then you know the language. So it, it took a while to, I didn't think it was going to take that long to learn the language, but because I already knew a lot, but to to fully be fluent and in, in different aspects, in the technical aspects, in the in the day-to-day -day aspects, there is so much culture and differences of culture that that sometimes could be a challenge. Hey, all right. thanks for that. Because you know, I've tried to uh, learn some other languages, and it's still a challenge for me. Just uh, trying to. Uh, I, I've been in spaces where it took me a while after I left. I remember what to say, so I, I totally <laughs> understand. Um, when you think of culture, think about. How has Latinos or the Latinx community influenced American and American popular culture and, you know, impacted it, right? So what are some things you think that community has really done to impact the culture? Well, if I think about it, I think that the music, uh, every time that I talk to some of my um, friends from the United States, they just they just love the music. They love, like, they're like, Oh, I want to learn to dance salsa, merengue. You know, that's that has been very impactful. We have like, like in Colombia, we have a couple of really good uh, artists that have brought um, the culture and impacted it greatly. I think that also food, the food uh, and fashion. Um, you know, like. Colo uh, Colombian girls and, and in general Latin American girls like to keep up with fashion so that that's also a great influence in the culture um, and um, I see many technical people that come from our countries very educated and that work really hard to get technical degrees so the innovation in that space as well, you're saying, is one of the impacts to the culture and, and yes. helps with the innovation. When you think about that, so you talk about technical degrees, you talk about music, you talk about fashion, 
uh, you talk about dance and the technical degrees. Think about this, for example. In your observation, what are the most common misconceptions about Latinos or Latinx culture? What are people kind of like missing? Or they say that you're saying that's not who we are. Sometimes, like you might see in the news, like bad reports or something. And it's just to remember that you cannot classify one event for the whole culture. Like, I guess I would like to think that most Latin American people and most Colombian people that I know are very hard worker, very hard workers, love education and um, great entrepreneurs, you know. Um, so I guess that probably the misconception is to categorize one group for something in 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 a in a bad light, whereas you know I see so many so many people that are so very hard workers and um, and 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 you know ready to do anything to to um, feed their families and and you know have a home just like any anybody else. Yeah, you know, I agree with you there. I think in our world, we try to categorize people. And every every single culture that I know wants the same thing, a good education for their family, ability to take care of them, etc. So I agree with you 100%. Thanks for sharing that as well. We've talked about culture and uh, different, but as a businesswoman, what are some barriers that you faced in building your business? Because, you know, one is being from a different culture, but as a woman in this world, sometimes there are barriers that show up because of you being a woman. You know, it is a challenge. I think that sometimes in a culture where there, there is not that many technical women in, in the same group, it, it is hard to put that balance into the perspective because obviously uh, women and men are so different. We think so different. But then what um, what the good things is like women bring other perspectives that is could be really, really good as just as, as, as the guys. But the, the most important thing is to to try to understand those differences and use them for the good of of whatever it is in 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 business or in culture or in technology and 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 that's where it would be everybody excelling better i'm going back to the uh next clt and the program what is one thing our initiative did for you that you didn't expect the fact that we were all women made it really easy to understand each other's role as CEOs. And it, it was really nice. It, it felt good. And I didn't expect that. By the way, you know, uh, Cohort 5 was our first all-women cohort. And it was a unique uh, experience for us as well. In that program and initiative, what is one thing that our program did for your client that you didn't expect that it would help you with your clients? I have to say that many uh, parts of the program I have applied, for example, 
when I learn something about leadership, that learning is something that I can apply for my client indirectly mm-hmm. or about um, learning how to create processes, then uh, whatever learning that I have, then I can apply it for my customers. So whatever the program offers to us owners is going to positively impact the clients because we just have a better understanding and knowledge. We're getting ready to wrap up and I have like two more questions that I really want to ask here. And one is, why is Next CLT important for Latino or Latinx entrepreneurs in this city and the county? Why is it important? Well, I just think that uh, it, programs like Next CLT support the Latino and, uh, you know, it just provides a little bit of extra layers. Sometimes when you're um, a company owner like me, it could be very isolated, isolating because, um, like in a in a company, you have a group of people that work for the company. But sometimes, as as an entrepreneur, you do not have all that connection. So having a group like Next CLT provides a little bit of like that connection for um, entrepreneurs, and also a lot of learning and teaching them how to better grow their company and and, and steps that they can do to prepare for growth. Pilar, you know, this has been uh, very uh, warming to my heart to have you on this uh, podcast. I'd like you to answer this question, but I'd like you to do it in two ways. I'd like you to answer it once in English, and then if you could give the answer in Spanish for me. And (laughs) what two things or pieces of advice you can share that will uplift other Latino or Latinx entrepreneurs. I would like to recommend to other Latino entrepreneurs to connect to programs like Next CLT and programs in the city, the county, and other organizations so that they can help them with tools to run businesses better. And in Spanish, um, me gustaría invitar a otros uh, dueños de compañía para que participen en programas como NextCLT eh, con la ciudad, con el county y, y otras organizaciones porque ellos los pueden apoyar y darles herramientas para crecer mejor. Gracias. <laughs> That's the extent of my Spanish for now, uh, Pilar. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, hey, Pilar, thank you so very much for taking the time to meet with me today and to be part of the next CLT I- initiative. Also, th- hope you have a marvelous day and a marvelous weekend and really appreciate you taking the time to share a little bit about your business and your journey through this whole cultural experience of building your company and sharing a little bit about your culture as well. So we thank you and wish you great success as you continue to grow and scale your business. Thank you. Thank you so much, Eric. I appreciate uh, that you invited me to, to participate.